I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Chase Notes Podcast, the Monday, June 5th. 2023 edition here on the program uh we got sports reporters who have indeed reassembled uh to two-parter today so right after this i'll have a uh, preds power hour also up here on this very feed so uh it's a it's a double feature here today on ctp and the chase Thomas podcast network so uh, a lot of fun content for you guys here on this fine monday following the tennessee volunteers making it through uh the regional round in clemson <clears throat> in much easier uh less stressful uh fashion last night i should say because uh saturday night was a lot and uh to have a nice calming uh just soothing uh way of going about victory last night over charlotte was uh very much welcomed so excited to see if balls are hosting this weekend at uh, Lindsey Nelson. Uh, we'll see, uh, I guess, after today or if Penn does it or Southern Miss does it and the other uh, bracket. Excited to see what happens there because I thought uh, baseball was over here in Knoxville this year in terms of playing in front of the home crowd here and having another opportunity to go see the Vols up close and in person. But uh, that may not be the case. We may get them back this weekend, uh, this weekend, and that's a, that's a good time. So, uh, look out for just an all-time great everything school rant this week on the full ride with Matt Green. So the college football show here on this very feed. Uh, but that is not uh, not happening just yet. Just yet. I got to fine tune it just a little bit um, for that Wednesday show. Uh, folks, on this edition, though, we got sports reporters who have indeed reassembled. We've got uh, the Daily Beast, uh, Robert Silverman, and AL.com's Andrew Hammond to talk about uh, Bob's experience watching air uh, in the last week. We talked about the best uh, NBA coaching hires this offseason. Is it Monty Williams and the Detroit Pistons? We talked about that. Adrian Griffin and why he's walking into a potentially interesting, complicated situation in Milwaukee with the Bucks and Giannis and what his future's like and oh, where they're just kind of in a weird spot at the moment. So the Bucks, a lot of questions going into 2023-2024 for them, uh, we talk about uh, Tom Brady. Are we sure he is done, or could he play quarterback for the Raiders this year? All that and more next here with Bob and Andrew on uh, the sports reporters uh, who have indeed reassembled. So don't forget, folks, if you are a first-time listener and you have not listened to the show before, first, welcome. Thank you for checking out the program. Uh, this is a daily national sports show uh, located out here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I would greatly appreciate it if you like today's show. You hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future episode, daily content, each and every day here on the program. So just... Uh, hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. You can also uh, help the show if you're already a subscriber and welcome back. Uh, if you would, please hit that pause button right now and leave this show a five-star rating and a review. Uh, tell other folks why they should check out the podcast, why you like it, this, that, and the other. That would be great. Helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. So if you could take care of that today, 
I would greatly appreciate it. As always, you can also watch this show. We're on YouTube as we march ever so close to the uh, 1,000 subscriber mark on our YouTube channel, Chase Thomas Podcast. So make sure you like and subscribe there, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it, sports reporters. We have indeed reassembled here on this fine Sunday morning. I barely have a voice. I was worried last night that I was not going to have one at all because Tennessee played a almost five-hour baseball game in their regional um, to put them in the driver's seat to host the Super Regional next weekend because a team that Andrew covers uh, got knocked out in their first two games, the Auburn Tigers. So in that side of the bracket makes the Tennessee Volunteers hosting a very real possibility. And all I have to do is win one of three potentially uh, today and tomorrow. So it's it was one of the craziest college baseball games I've ever seen in my life. It was one of the best baseball games in general I've ever seen. Um, and when I say my wife's got some hilarious videos of me reacting to certain moments, it's uh, I like it was so overwhelming. But when you have those all time great sports moments, you're just like, this is why we watch this. I could do a whole ad on like, this is why we watch because the ups and the downs like that, Bob, there was a bases yeah. loaded, no out situation. And all they had to do was score a run. Clemson did to get out of a bases loaded, just one run ends the game type deal. And I guess it was the 10th, 10th or 11th yeah. uh, with Chase Burns. Like it was just, I, the group chat was exploding. I'm like, we can't believe this is how we're going to lose. Like why is Tony leaving, uh, leaving Chase Burns in right now? And the dude just, he gets out of this jam. Their last strike, Bob, last strike here. Zane didn't blast like a 400 feet, just juggernaut into the hearts of the Clemson faithful and puts them up six five or uh, five four, and I, I thought it was over. over. Huh? I said I thought it was over. I thought I, like I thought it was done, and then Clemson battles back, and then their best player gets tossed for jawing, at, and it was like everything's coming full circle because Tennessee lost their best player in the middle of uh, the Super Regionals against North Notre Dame last year, and Drew Gilbert for arguing back and forth or just really saying the f word under his breath uh, at a bad strike call, um, and then you That's have to get the f word. Yeah, I was. It was. The you F-word. get you get tossed in college be- baseball for the F word. Uh, if you, depends the on the umps. Umps are notoriously terrible. Sorry to interrupt, Chase. Yeah. But yeah, college umps are. Hey, I may not make it to the majors, mm. and I'm bitter about it. That's little Napoleons. College umpires. You get a little, lot of like. Napoleons we're gonna make this about us. With a mismanners handbook. Yeah. Just there's no cussing in this house, kids. <laughs> Well, it's just there's no emotion. Like, I will say this. College baseball players are oh, are a bit, like, on the overly emotional side. Mm. And, oh, try, sure. and they're, are kind of... They're I, 18 to 22-year-old kids. Yeah. But, but there's this fake tough persona that college basketball and college football players get. It's, like, a weird and hilarious just, like posturing that college baseball players do and i've seen it more and more this regional so i um and i'll talk about my uh my pick of the week later but Mm. there is a it's it is just hilarious how 
intense college baseball players get at just some of the most random times. You're just like, hey, son, hey, you're up here. Gonna need you down here, okay? Okay, because a little too much for me. It's just, oh, I love the tournament. Quiet it's just coyote so good. time. Quiet yeah. coyote. When <laughs> you just go up, the mouth goes shut. Quiet I've never coyote. heard quiet coyote. Was I've that something y'all got in school uh, growing yeah. up? Or was that a quiet, household? Was that a Silverman quiet. household thing or was that a school thing? No, that was, that was I, I forget which school that was, that was employed in, but some mm. school used it. And when I was teaching kids, I was teaching kids uh, in a theater program at, uh, at a high school in Brooklyn. And I brought back Quiet Coyote. Kids, Quiet Coyote. When the ears go up, the mouth goes shut. It works. That's awesome. I think ours was when the hand goes up, the mouth goes shut. I don't know if you got that, Andrew. I think it was when the hand's up, your mouth goes shut. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, Well, that guy up there in New York City, Bob Silverman, joins us of thedailybeast.com. Bob, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Just no follow up. Bob was just. Point. I was. That was. It was a. There was a. That was a. There was a, a subtle Nancy Pelosi reference. What she said. Good morning. Sunday morning. Because <laughs> I really crazy. hate that I know. What, just, I, I, I've been in the news entirely too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all very online, and that voice you hear down there in. Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, right? You're in Birmingham. Yeah, there you go. Andrew Hammond of AL.com. Andrew, good morning. How are you? Tired. Is it because you stayed up watching Tennessee? uh, Well, it was was that, but it was uh, when you have two teams from the state of Alabama, Mm. Alabama and Auburn, um, playing in regionals, and you have the um, squeeze play uh, program, which I cannot say enough about. It is maybe the best, one of the best things that ESPN does every year. Um, and I am just, I need Red Bull. All right. I'm, I'm struggling over here. Um, and it's, we still got a long day today, but um, yo, it's, I'm good. Doctor, just, get Andrew Hammond some taurine stat. <laughs> just, Right in there. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, let's start. We got to get this out of the way. Bob is the group chat has been waiting for the Bob review, the movie, the cinematic. Minute. Are we starting? Are we starting with our Siskel and Ebert moment? Is we have to do it. Fine, let's do this. But we need to right. start with this because so, I think it's topical, and I don't yeah. even know how we get to the other conversations before uh, unleashing this take. Right. You know, you have the best this. transitions in the business. So. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me say that because movies now often premiere on streaming platforms and pay-per-view services before going to the theaters or while they're going to the theaters. And there isn't this very set system that we used to have in which a big movie would appear in a theater. Then you wait, I don't know, three months, four months till it comes out on DVD or you can rent it. And this blockbuster. Mm. Yeah, sure. Blockbuster or even the old Netflix in which they would send you a DVD in the mail. But there was a clear system where, okay, here's a blockbuster movie. I don't want to pay $10 to go see it in a movie theater, but I'm interested. I'm curious. My, my movie fandom 
is piqued by this, I want to watch it. So I will spend $4 to rent it at Blockbuster or $2.95 to get a DVD from Netflix. That's gone. And movies simply appear on one of the many streaming platforms that I overpay for. And I go, oh, right, that. I guess I should watch it. I'll watch that. It's late at night. I'm falling asleep. I'll watch that as I go to bed. So, uh-huh. <laughs> I finally, uh, I the Air movie, which was, again, as we have just learned from my somehow absorption of Nancy Pelosi's appear on a Sunday morning news show, I enjoyed the memes when they came out. I enjoyed the images of Ben Affleck wearing a tracksuit. I enjoyed... Matt Damon in a fat suit. I got all that. And I said, okay. Matt Damon waddling around is kind of hilarious. It is It is very funny. Matt Damon trying to make himself look unattractive by wearing <laughs> a fat suit. Um, it, was a chub, it, felt like more, it was more of a chubby suit than a fat suit. Yeah. He wasn't really... He wasn't Brendan Fraser in the whaling it. He wasn't really... But Sonny Vaccaro wasn't morbidly obese or anything, but okay. Although he was a middle-aged, bald man at the time that he signed Jordan, so, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, it, it takes a, it would take a lot of CGI and or industrial light and magic to get Matt Damon to look like Sonny Vaccaro. But, so here's the story of how Nike came up with the Air Jordan shoe. I, I think also, just on a, just before we even get into that, I think it is quite hilarious that we used to have biopics of people like, say, I don't know, Muhammad Ali or Ray Charles or Johnny Cash or whomever. And now we have biopics about products like a shoe or Blackberry. That aside, that was the most cynical and idiotic movie I've ever seen. The entire movie was a series of, hey, member, Hey, remember when we used to do aerobics? Hey, remember the song Big Country by Big Country? Hey, do you remember? Remember when Phil Knight used to wear sneakers to office? Hey, remember? 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 Remember this? Remember that? And it just, it was... Like, the entire movie was dangling a set of keys in front of audiences' <laughs> members who can remember things that what happened in the 80s. All of which <laughs> leading up to this wholly undeserved speech that Matt Damon gives where suddenly he's Nostradamus and he can see into the future and be like, you will be risen to great heights. You will change the world. You will elevate the American spirit, and then that same American spirit will try to destroy you because fame is a mask that corrupts, and that is what Americans do. We re-elevate our heroes to the promised land and then drag them back down to <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, even, even if... I, I'm willing to suspend disbelief and 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 bind the idea that no, Sonny Vaccaro never said that in his entire life. I mean, that was not the speech that convinced Jordan to sign with Nike. I'm willing to let that go. I was like, 
Screw you, you you did not earn that speech. You did not, the movie did not build to a point where I am ex okay accepting the fact of that speech. There is a much more interesting movie to be made about Dolores Jordan and her relationship to her son. That would be a cool movie. And they tried to prestige the hell out of it by shoehorning in scenes where Regina King is capital A acting and she tries her level best. Um, you mean Viola Davis. Get your black oh, actors yeah. right, Bob. Racism. No, I did a racism. Anyway. Damn it. My whole rant anyway, is by anyway, anyway, anyway. Yes, yes, keep Viola going. Davis, not Regina King. Sorry, sorry. I knew that. Sorry. Um, but boy, uh, are both Damon, but but speaking of who isn't capital A acting, needs boy are Damon and Affleck phoning it in. They're all of their scenes are like, hey, remember when remember <laughs> Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in Goodwill Hunting? Remember? 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 I'm sorry. It was a poorly constructed I was like, why should I care? There are no stakes in this movie. Why should I care whether the, the one stake, by the way, which is Michael Jordan working at a deal to get Michael Jordan's family working at a deal to get a percentage of Nike sales with his name on the shoe in perpetuity. That is an actual sea change in how sports marketing is done, how athletes are marketed and the value of athletes. There are actual stakes and something interesting. They just sort of drop that in in the last 10 minutes of the movie. But the actual point which shoe brand will Michael Jordan sign with? Don't care. No one cares. The audience isn't made to care. It is an advert. The movie is an advertisement for, for Nike, and it is not even done well. Like, they should have brought back Whedon and Kennedy to just make an actual advertisement because this wasn't it. I hated it so much. And that's even with noted character actor Matthew Mo Mosher playing the shoe genius. Matthew Mosher, by the way, excellent actor. Uh, uh, I knew him casually back in the New York downtown theater days. And I, I was, was contemplating- As a close personal friend? Not a close personal friend. I'd call him an acquaintance and a professional acquaintance. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but I, I contemplated digging up his email and being like, yo, what was it like making this movie? So I could get some inside dope on it, but I did not do that. But in any case, um, as the Gene as the as the Gene Siskel who hates everything on this pod, I give it a huge thumbs down. I found it execrable, and I want it to be burned with fire. Andrew Hem. Um. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I. Here's here's where here's where Bob and I get along. Hey, remember Chris Tucker? Remember? <laughs> so here's. He, you remember that movie, The Post? Yeah, that sucked too. You remember that movie, Never saw The it. Monuments Men? Never saw I it. I didn't see it, but it looked bad. So here's here's where... We missed a moment for... Yeah, I remember, but continue. Yeah, yeah. So basically... Remember the Pentagon Papers? <laughs> that too. Yeah. Um, That's what... You, know. <laughs> you can't... It's it's not a buddy movie, but it's definitely like a 
Hey. Don't make me go generally strong. Dramaturgically, it does not make sense. There no, no, no. Here's, here's, here, here's where I'm going, Bob. Here's where I'm go, going. Go. I'm sorry. I'm not going to low tones. Quiet coyote. Quiet coyote, Bob. Quiet coyote. <laughs> Here, here's where I agree with Bob. He's absolutely right. And like all, <laughs> all the movies that I said that, you know, Monuments Men, um, uh, The Post, The Pentagon Papers, Air, they all have the same, oh, Babylon, which I have a take on Babylon, but we can save that for another show. Here's where great idea on paper, on paper, great idea. If you told me that AI wrote that movie, I would believe it. But the problem is it was like everybody in a really, really super famous group chat was like, damn, this is a great idea for a movie. We should do it. And you're just... I feel like the the last dance kind of... It, it was basically a Michael Jordan commercial. Right. We, we can all recognize that. Right, but it was a well-executed Michael Jordan commercial. You know, very well-executed. The problem right. with air, while... Okay, so this is where Bob and I disagree with. This is where Bob and I are on. We differ. Yeah. We, we part ways. If you, if you came into this expecting some intricate story, detailed story, yeah. You I was expecting this. a... Okay, the thing that sent me over the edge was Matt Damon in some interview being like, well, we didn't want this to be, you know, we felt this was a real story about black empowerment. And we did, we didn't want this to be the story of two white, of like a bunch of white guys profiting off this shoe. And I was like, but it was that. It was. And I was I'm like, glad I didn't it. hear that because you I would have patted yourself on the back for again, shoehorning in the actual interesting story in the last, sorry, spoiler alert for no one, for people who haven't seen air. The only interesting part happens in a phone call and then is quickly resolved but, by, by, by Ben Affleck meditating on a couch. Here's in here's, here's where all those movies that I talked about before it's, it is un in is I wouldn't say unintentional. It is unabashed Oscar porn. It is sure. if you put that movie in November, October or November, everybody is there's going to be an Oscar machine behind it. But the problem is, it's just if if you had told me that they're gonna do a story about it, I'm interested. I'm interested in. Because I think there's an interesting story with Dolores Jordan and Michael. Yes. But there's also an interesting story with the creation of Nike, i.e. Shoe Dog, which arguably might be one of the best sports adjacent and business books in the last 50 years. The problem what? is... It's you not about that to, book. You know what I'm saying? But you, but you tried to mesh both of those in this story as you're talking about Michael Jordan... And it's just like great, awesome, but it they don't stick the landing. Mm. And the problem is, you even the start the start was bad. 
the the middle was fascinating because you kind of get in that that sports business sense, but you to me you don't stick the landing and. It's. We knew it was going to be a, a basically a, a Nike commercial, a, an Air Jordan commercial. We knew that going into it, but it was just like fine. Like it's 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 fine on an initial watch, but the rewatchability of it. No, and the speech is also. Can we just give credit to Jason Bateman, who uh, who might be my favorite character? Him and Chris Messina. Are my favorite characters in the also, movie. That's also, Dave, that's not what David Falk is like. That, it, like, if you're going to base this on real, if you're going to base, if this is a true story ripped from the headlines, that's not what David Falk was like, and that's not. And Sonny Vaccaro, I, he is not an angel dropped straight from no. heaven. No, he's that not. Is, he knows where the bodies are buried. One why? Like, they, like there it is. There's interesting because, stuff there because about he buried some of them. Right, like Sonny Vaccaro as a morally compromised figure in all kinds of ways. I was like, okay, that's cool, that's interesting. But no, here is humble, hangdog, frumpy Matt Damon who just who has the foresight to see that Michael Jordan was going to be the greatest basketball player of all time. By the way, in reality, um, the the Bulls were offered the pick that became Barkley and Julius Irving for Michael Jordan after the draft or before the draft rather. So a couple of other people had a pretty good idea how good Jordan was going to be too. It wasn't just Sonny Vaccaro being like, ah, I alone can see. Scotty Pippen didn't see it coming. Well, Scotty Pippen is really bad online these days and he's <laughs> mad at everybody. That's, that's well, to be fair, if your, if your wife was basically just like, Never mind, not gonna go there. Nope. Yeah, let's not nope. go. I'm gonna drink go. Red Bull. We're not gonna mm. drink a Red Bull. Just, for, just some reason, the- for some reason, something <coughs> something that rhymes with the word puck comes to yeah. mind. Wow. Wow. It, like and by the way, for those of you listening and not watching, Andrew's in fact doing the Kermit drinking tea meme right mm-hmm. now. Find the lie. Yeah, okay. Um, uh. Uh, in any case, <laughs> I was like Sonny Vicaro Sonny Vicaro as a morally comp complex compromised and complex person um there's an interesting movie also but they didn't do that well it also requires sunny not to be involved in the project probably it involves yeah because he's not going down that road uh sure not but i mean they even need to throw in like oh yeah he also testified in the ed o'bannon case that eventually led to the college players being given i thought that i thought that part was hilarious i'm just like Mm -hmm. okay wow you haven't you haven't polished this turd enough. You need to throw that in at the end too. <laughs> we, we, it's like, but it's kind of like okay, cool. It, it you it, are attempting to say that Sonny Vaccaro was a like you're painting him like he's the great emancipator hitter, and I'm like, nope, nope. I mean, yes, biopics of all sort take liberties with the what? with. With with the truth, but this was a bridge too far. But but here's the thing: he was it was he very pro college kids deserve a cut. Yeah, Absolutely. he was. But yeah, but was. let's but let's not act like he is Father Flanagan or Frumpy no. Father Flanagan. Right. Um. Yeah. Like right. he. Like I said, he knows where some of the bodies are buried. Well, That's no, what it means by there's, there's the reason I'm like. Shovel. That's what I mean. Like this is so cynical. I was like. 
Yeah. Okay. The, okay. The last dance is a good is a good comparison because sure, everyone loves Michael Jordan, but there is an entire generation for whom he is a figure of the past and doesn't know him other than oh, that's the guy whose name is on my shoe, and he, who didn't watch him play, and you know maybe they watch YouTube highlights. But, but, but there are whole generations of fans for whom Michael Jordan is as far removed from the current game as Will Chamberlain is. And so if you're going to do a documentary about Jordan, that's cool. That's informative, especially because you've got all of these tapes that have never been seen before. So here's a peek about what this portion of Michael Jordan's life was like. Cool. Who are you trying to sell with this movie? Who, and what are you actually trying to sell me? Jordan shoes? Okay, like, do you want to get into how Nike and the Jordan brand dominate the shoe market now? Do you want to know, like, that is a whole other kettle of fish, and it's not a pretty story, but well, they not, still not. dominate the market. It's if, if the question is, like, how did, did Nike get to this place? You didn't even begin to tell that story. So that's why I feel like it's a commercial for nothing. And yeah, that's why it felt. I felt. I felt icky after watching it. It just was an unpleasant experience all around. Like if you're going to do that, then at least do it well. Anyway, yeah, well, like, again, all, again, it's, Oscar, it's Oscar porn. Like if you, it's, no it's, one's giving, no one is giving this movie an Oscar. Oh well, no, no, that's no, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's Oscar porn on because because you're just like, guess what. We have all of these actors in this movie, and I'm just supposed to. It's kind of like Team USA circa 2000. I'm going to roll the ball out there. You give me the list of names, you give me a halfway decent, compelling story in the view of Oscar voters because this is how they vote. Um, and yeah, but the problem is you've seen it like the, the movies I listed before. Yeah, you see the result, about, and it's just like, oh. But those are about real things. That I happen. know that, Bob. I'm just saying like, that the post is, is about the like exposing the truths about the Vietnam War. That is a real thing that affects right. millions upon millions, or really billions of people on planet Earth. There is something that's important. Like, right. look, let's say in an alternate reality, Jordan does just. Uh, go with Adidas, okay? I really don't like Michael Jordan would be less wealthy now. That is the only thing that would have changed, yeah. and fewer people would have bought Air Jordans over the years. Fewer people would have bought Nike shoes. Nike would have been a running company. Okay, okay. Why do I? Why does not me? Why would anyone care? There's no reason for anyone to care other than the greater glory and exaltation of that Nike. Is Jordan. And well, Jordan and by attachment, Jordan. But like, yeah. I don't. It's it just felt anyway. Where I think we we've, we've plumbed the depths of this movie, or at least our feelings about it, or at yeah. least feelings about it. Well, that's good. It warmed us up. And I, as oh, a okay. professional here, I can professionally transition yeah, yeah, yeah. us to. You wanted something good in the A block. Yes, I did want. Yeah, there you go. B block time. Um, favorite NBA head coaching hire. Is which one for you, Andrew Hammond? The one that should have been made. Oh, I don't know where you're going with this. I wanted Monty Williams in Boston so bad. 
Oh. Hmm. Why? Because Joe just isn't that guy. Well, he doesn't have a staff anymore because, like, Ime just yeah. took the whole staff. Well, that's, the that's, that's where I think the disconnect was when you brought when you decided to make Joe Mazzula the full time head coach, and you were basically doing all of this, you know. Was it a month before the season, something like that? So, you know, Damon Stoudemire goes to Georgia Tech, which cool, but to me, that was a sign of okay. You know, you you have assistant coaches that can reach these guys, and one guy that clearly was instrumental for them on the bench was Damon Stoudemire. Now he leaves. And you see, what, two days after Boston gets eliminated, you see the entire staff, what, they're going to Houston. So I think mm-hmm. some are going other places. But, like, doesn't this he, is why you don't make it. Doesn't, this, he, he, doesn't Brad Stevens need to sit down with Joe Missoula and pick his own staff with the more experienced people that are not MA's assistants? Isn't that a good thing? If well, wasn't it rumored forever that it was Steven Silas was going to be the lead assistant? Steven Silas is, was going to head there. I mean, yeah. look, to me, this the real I get why you have to make him the full time head coach because you can't have him hanging in interim the entire, you know. No, you, know, you really fine. need to poop or get off the plot off the pot with the uh, with Joe. Yeah, and they're deciding to stay, which is, I'm like, okay, cool. But I will say this, the best hire is Detroit. Throwing the bag at Monty? It's it's either that or what else were you going to do? I'm I'm not, I'm never going to criticize any coach or athlete or even dude in a half zip fleece for getting that bag. But that seemed like a lot. It's a lot, and they're trying to – clearly, they, they want to invest long-term in what with what they're trying to do. That shows – it's a guy who – and then, look, Dwayne Casey is – Dwayne Casey's fine. Coach, but he's a bit too old school for this roster. Yeah. No, um, I, think, I think it's a good hire. It just – Oh, yeah, no, no. The, the, the money that they're throwing, I'm like – Wait, y'all had that much money? <laughs> that was yeah. my reaction. Well, I compared yeah. it to uh, the Mel Tucker hire at Michigan State, where Michigan State was in a bind. Um, Mark D'Antonio left at a really inopportune time, um, and they kind of had to scramble. And Mel Tucker had just gotten at Colorado, and he kept saying no, and because he knew the situation he was walking into. And it's like, all right, it's gonna be really hard to catch uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, stuff like that. They just kept offering more and more money. And then suddenly Mel Tucker is one of the highest paid college football coaches. And Mel well, Tucker's fine. We can, we can thank LSU for that. Yeah. And there was leverage. And Monty Williams, I just imagine with the phone call with his agent, because um, he was probably I, looking it around. It's like one like, of those things where he said, I don't know about this gig. All right. Yeah. Slide over the, the Godfather off, uh, yes. offer. And, and I think Detroit had to overpay because I think Monty yeah. knows that this roster stinks and this is job number three for monty right so this is probably his last head coaching job in the nba so you have to be really careful when you're the 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 bounce around guy and he's hitching his wagon to a team that has been 
pretty terrible and not been able to get out of the mud here for for a decade. And it's Cade Cunningham. That's a building block. You have too many bigs. <laughs> you, you don't Jay, have Jay enough Knight shooting. Is a building block. Jaden Ivey is a building block. Jay we Knight. don't know yet. I don't think I've seen enough from Jaden Ivey. I enjoyed, I, as a Jaden Ivey doubter, yeah. I thought he did really well in the last okay. two months of the season. Well, Jeez. let's go with that. He is. But like the East, still pretty. Like I don't see the Pistons being a playoff team next year. Maybe best no. case scenario, they're a play-in team, but I still don't I, even know really see I, that. I think you're giving the East a little too much credit. I think the, the Pistons mm. need, to, need to nail this pick. They really yeah. more than any other team in well, the top half of the lottery. They need to they they can't whiff on this. And, well, also, and does the, it change just what coaching contracts are looking at? Like, does Budenholzer, does Mike Budenholzer get priced <laughs> out now because of what Monty got? Because every agent's going to be like, "Well, the Pistons gave Monty X," and I think the teams can afford it, man. The teams yeah. can afford it. They can, teams, they can all afford it. Teams can they afford, can afford it if they yeah they they aff- they're going to buy it because they want it. Mm. Um, here's here's the thing with the East. I think we're still – if it wasn't for the injuries mm. and the inconsistencies of a young Pistons team, they could have been right there for they could the have, play-in. They could have consented for the play-in. They were, I, I, they were a team that I was hyping, if you guys can remember, back to October. Yeah. I was. I was. Yeah. I ended up being wrong. But it, I'll, I love I'll, Sadiq Bay. I appreciate them sending Sadiq our way. Starting well, long term for I think the, the East, the bottom half of the East, more than the West, is so cyclical. Mm. Yeah. These days. Could, so it could be a season or two, but just, you know, keep everybody healthy. And the big problem for the Pistons was you didn't get in the top three. Mm. That yeah, that really, that really hurt. Were, them. Um, and so, like Bob said, yeah, they're a we team. We, we're all, we've all, we've all, very much parsed the whole Brandon Miller thing on numerous episodes, but he would have looked good in Detroit. He would have. I'm st- I, look. I'm still on the fence about Brandon Miller because my problem with he's, Brandon Miller by, is by all accounts he's going to. That's happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I absolutely. don't understand it, but it's happening. It's like he has the he has the body for an NBA guy, but when yes. I watch him play outside of 15 feet. Don't like it. If for me, the most interesting hire, um, and this is because of reporting that came out after the fact, was uh, Adrian Griffin to the Bucks. Hmm. Why? Wichita uh, guy. Wichita guy. Uh, be, not, not because his son AJ is on the Hawks. I was going to say it. Very AJ, uh, AJ Griffin. Very very exciting. Mid-round pick. Everyone loves A.J. Griffin. Well, mid-first, um, and I will say that Quinn did bury him. He did not play at all down the stretch since Quinn took yeah. over. He was not a Quinn guy, so I'm a little nervous about that, but yeah, continue. But Duke on Duke crying, by the way. Be, because, again, we're relying on reporting, but apparently this was Giannis's call about who hmm. got the job. And uh, I th- well, one, the Bucks are in an interesting and perilous place. Um, Brooke Lopez is an unrestricted free agent. They need to bring him back, obviously, at all, at any and all cost. Um, uh, Drew Holiday has said that when his contract is over, he's done playing basketball, and that's two seasons from now. Um, uh, Chris uh, Middleton came back and looked okay, but not 
not not capable of being the second best player on a contending team. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and still missed a lot of time. Um, whether he has a bounce back year in him, I don't know if this is just who Chris Middleton is. We'll see. Um, they really don't have anything on the roster in terms of what you would call a young and up and coming player. Um, they gave they spent five picks to get Drew, so they don't have a lot. Uh, of options for internal improvement. Um, if this doesn't work, it's going to put heat on Giannis in a way that he hasn't had before because he anointed this head coach. He said, this is my guy. And if it fails and the Bucks slip, um, I think there's, <laughs> you know, we spent a lot of this time bashing our, our, our oligarchs and captains of industry. But I think the fact that Mark Lazary cashed out and sold his shares of the team to Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. Tennessee uh, legend Jimmy Haslam. Yeah. Noted. noted thanks, Chase. Noted, noted alleged crime doer Jimmy Haslam is who he sold his shares to. Um, I don't... I, I think there is a reason where the this period of Buck's excellence could come to an end in a way that isn't very pretty. And it will be interesting to, to say the least to see. We haven't had Giannis had to deal with a situation on an NBA team that was unpleasant. Welcome to the like club. Have, yeah. Like every NBA superstar goes through that. You do not get even LeBron has periods where people are questioning, say his basketball related, like the free agents he decides to bring in the coaches. He does. He insists on minting the, 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 the trades that he says has to happen, uh, the, the GM stuff that happened to him too. Even the greatest, you know, to leave alone, to, that's, and not just even the best get that, not just Kevin Durant for his bad basketball choices. So um, now that Giannis has taken this step of saying, this is my guy, and by all accounts, Adrian Griffin has been a touted lead assistant for a while and a candidate for one of these head coaching gigs for a couple of seasons now, at least. There is no denying his credentials. That is, this is not an intent to slight Adrian Griffin in any way, but he's tied to Giannis on a team that if things go south with an aging roster, it's going to put a lot of heat on Giannis. And I don't, we've never seen him had, like it's been all sunshine and roses for the entirety of Giannis's career. He has, you know, even in a situation where he made that very LinkedIn post speech after they got knocked out by the heat. By the way, everyone praising that, you can go straight to hell. That speech sucked. I'm sorry. I love Giannis, but that speech sucked. Um, the gr I do not want to hear about the grind set lifestyle from Giannis Antetokounmpo, no matter how true it is. Uh, that will, I, I, I am interested to see what his response is to that. I'm interested to see if maybe he decides to pull up stakes. By all accounts, he loves living in a smaller media market. He loves the people of Milwaukee. He's built a home there. There is no indication. Like, by all accounts, he's going to Dirk Nowitzki it and stay there for the entirety of his career. But Dirk got heat, too. It, there was, someone was talking about this the other day. After Dirk and the Mavs, the 67-win Mavs team got bounced by the We Believe Warriors in 2007. Also, by the way, when you have a chance... Go to Basketball Reference and take a look at the players on that roster. 
how they got to 67 wins is beyond me. Even with a Pythagorean one loss record of like 61 and 60 and 21, that was not a 60. That was not a nearly 70 win team. But after that was over, Dirk did the Aaron Rodgers thing and went on over and went to the mountains to go think about, to think deep thoughts. He was in, he was in a, he was in a very, he was in a very, he went down and deep into himself, et cetera, et cetera. He did all of that athlete retreat, spiritual awareness raising stuff. And I think he was there and like, he was with his guru and they in, God, I forget where exactly, but they never talked basketball. It was that kind of a thing. It was like, we're going to look deep into the hearts of men kind of moment. And I think we're heading there. We're like Giannis is going to go to that place. Now, what Giannis chooses as his yurt of choice will will is to be determined. But that's to me why the Adrian Griffinier is the most interesting. Well, I also think about it's what it portends a year or so from now. I also think they're at a pivotal moment in their franchise in general, where some of it's Adrian Griffin, some of it's Giannis, some of it's just that like Drew Holiday was awesome last year, but Chris Middleton obviously contributed heavily into a title. He's going to be revered there forever, but he's never healthy anymore. And Giannis, you're seeing that like you got bounced in the first round. Like that was still pretty unacceptable based on where this team was all year long with the talent they have and the window that they have that you can't run it back with that being your core three this year. I think you have to shake things up a bit. And I don't know what Chris Middleton's trade value is. I love Drew Holiday. I would do fight like hell to keep him. But like they have to do something because like you said, it the clock is now starting to feel like it's ticking for Giannis in Milwaukee and what he decides to do over the next year or two. And it's like the dude is a just top three competitor in this league. The man and loves I think, to win. I think he yeah. does have another, as they say, level in him. I think mm. he's got another gear he can hit. Um, and it might be with a roster that isn't as good as the one he's had the last yeah. two, three years when they were legit contenders, when they were. I mean, they could fall off. You've we've seen this in teams. They could. Mm. They v- absolutely could. Question: Does he go in terms of Giannis's play compared to the rest of the team? When you say he has another gear, does he give you 07 to 09 D Wade vibes? Hmm. Yeah, it could be that kind of thing. That where kind of averages, where he like average, like where that that long awaited Giannis jumper finally comes around, and yeah. you can't guard him at all. Mm. But it doesn't matter because teams just say, "Okay, we're going to send everybody Giannis, and and that'll be enough." And, and he's on a forty-two win team. Yeah, we could see a couple of those. Okay, absolutely. And the only reason I say that is. Because when is this contract up? What or when? When can twenty twenty five? Knicks fans yeah. haven't marked it on their calendar <laughs> or anything. I thought yeah. Knicks fans were more focused on Joel Embiid after this year. We we are we are a complex people. We can mm-hmm. can we can I, we, we need can, the Knicks podcast. Can Embiid and Giannis play together in twenty twenty five in New York? Sure, How does yeah, that we'll work? Make yeah. it work. We'll, we'll can, deal with the spacing issues later. Can 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 we just get like I need Knicks fans to go full. Mid, mid late 2000s early 2000s you mean when we were talking about lebron starting in 2008 for yeah no no, I, I, no no not just that i need you guys to go full photoshop a jersey on just any halfway decent player 
like you go on Twitter and, and find that image right now. I can find it two seconds. Oh, I can get you that photo. I just remember. Seconds. Yeah. It's just Knicks it's been, Knicks fans have been photoshopping jerseys since photoshopping technology became readily available. Bless their hearts. Yeah. Mm. What, what 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 okay, here here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. What if, and just follow along with me here, what if say 2025, 2026, hell, maybe even 2027, there is a New York Knicks jersey with the with the name James on the back of it. Which one do I you mean, want? Which one do you want, Bob? Versus versus say Giannis or Embiid? It's not even which a one do you which one which one do you want, Bob? I don't want I don't want the Bronny or Bryce. Let's get it going. Let's sow the seeds. This is well, clearly the, the, the plan is to get all three together, but uh <laughs> <laughs> Make a new big three. Um, <laughs> I, I just point of parliamentary procedure here. Which is the question? Is it the Bronny and LeBron team up, or am I pining for Giannis? Is that what you're asking me? No, I was just asking. Um, so in 2025, 2026, 2027, you yeah. have an opportunity to get Bryce or Bronny in a Knicks oh. uniform. Oh, which oh, one? Oh. Which one do you oh. want? I want Bronny. I think Bryce has sort of made it clear that he's not might not want to play basketball. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you think he looks good? He, he's the he's the he's the he's, he's more built be like LeBron, right? Like he's the he, one who got the LeBron gene more. Yeah. Okay. Bronny didn't get the LeBron size gene. Like yeah. he's not going to be nearly like he's he's a like, he's got it, a lot it, of Cole Anthony look to him. Funny, funny thing is, like there's Cole like Anthony. a Venus Cole Serena, Anthony, there's like a Venus cool. Serena type thing with Bronny and Bryce, where it's like mm. Bronny's. I I've, I have not been I have not been yeah. perusing st- like scouting reports. To, to, it's to, it's to fine, but like Bronny Bryce. to me, Bronny's actually a halfway decent. Like he could he's gonna make. How his old is he? He's fifteen. <clears throat> no, Bronny's eighteen, right? No, Bryce. Uh, Bryce, Bryce is. Six, 15, 15 yeah, he's not that far behind him. He's like two okay. or three years behind. But like, there is a, there is definitely a. Ronnie's gonna be a halfway decent. Solid. I am, I am sick of sports nepo babies. I mean, I get why it happens. It, it was inevitable. But I'm tired of being made to feel old because oh look, Nate Robinson's son just committed to Colorado. I saw that yesterday, and I was like, my back suddenly hurts. I know. I did. The, I became the Matt Damon in in uh, meme, and suddenly I was like, oh, oh, God, <laughs> "I remember Nate Robinson winning the dunk contest for Dallas boys." Also, can we just talk about real quick? I mean, look. You know who's a hype prospect? Not Milt Wagner's kid, DeJuan Wagner, but DeJuan Wagner's kid. Yeah, DeJuan Wagner's, Wagner's kid might might be one I of was, the best freshmen in college I, was, I am old enough to remember when, oh, wow. Yeah, DeJuan Wagner, he's going to be – who was drafted the year before LeBron. I was like, yeah, I remember Milt Wagner. I'm dealing with grandson, Nepo grandkids. Sorry. I'm, no. I'm so sorry, Bob. God. Sick of the Nepo babies. Don't like it. Nepo Man, kids. my wife's favorite thing is like pointing out Nepo baby, 
like when we're watching anything <laughs> like she has the real estate on that she knows like she'll put she'll be like nepo baby like that's just like she's on it like you would never guess and i'm like really she's another nepo baby okay what, what, um, it turns out hollywood has a lot of nepo babies yes. in big time roles who would have thought that's been the case for a long time yeah it's just it's just you know yeah People here we are go. Just 30 seconds on this. 30 seconds on this, and we'll wrap up here with our picks of the week. All right, let's do our picks of the week. Let's well, hold on. I was going to give you a qu- one quick question. Sure. Bob, does Tom Brady play for the Raiders this year? No. Okay. What would you put the odds on that, or the percentage? How strong of a percent would you say he does not play for the Raiders? It's 95%. Oh, interesting. pretty good. I was going to go 80%. Mostly because Mark Davis doesn't have the persuasion yeah. aspect. Not, that, like if this is I mean, Al circa 1985 running I think, the I, I think it's just that, you know, maybe they'll offer him a piece of ownership but and, and a chance to screw over poor Jimmy Garoppolo one last time. That <laughs> would be funny. But I think he's I think he's done done. I feel mm, like he's done. I don't know, man. I feel like the he's longer done. the longer he isn't going into the broadcast booth at Fox, which I, I don't I, think going to be awful. He's going to be awful. He's <laughs> going to be bad at it. The man has a has the personality of an uneaten strawberry. I'm sorry. I, I, I so okay, Bob. I I got a qu- buddy. I got a question. Shoot, <laughs> is that the is that the New York Jets fan, I have been tortured no, by this man for 20 no, plus years and I hate no, his guts. Or no, is that you no. just going, yeah, I'm not a fan. I think he's going to suck at this. It's the number two. I'm taking door number two. This is not okay. a Jets. Res- I'm not Fireman Ed here. I, I can't, I'm able to separate. <laughs> oh, I love how you like get borderline offended by that. Yeah, I am. Come on. <laughs> the Jets I are getting. He's. He's not gonna. I feel like the jits. The jits are getting. Are, the jits get rinsed and scrubbed by Jay Fiedler. We don't need to reach for the for the heavens in order to find enemies. Come on, that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah. No, I think I think Tom Brady. The longer he is quiet about this, the more it's just, dude. Just just freaking do it. I think he's gonna play because I think Jimmy Garoppolo. The foot's not like. He's waiting to get the confirmation. Chase, of- is, Chase is feeling his oats because he came so close to pulling off the Celts are still going to win when they were down 3-0. That's why. He is like, oh, I oh, the brass ring, it was right there. Also, also, I do enjoy the fact that he said, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I was in a conversation talking to a friend of mine who was listening to the pod, and we were talking about the Celtics. He was like, so what do you think is going to happen? I said, one of two things is going to happen. The Celtics are either going to completely blow out the Miami Heat because Miami's just like after game six, they're just going to completely blow them out. Or they're going to do what I've been seeing from this team 75% of the season. They are going to have a quarter or two where they are where they just forget to play the game of basketball. And what happened? Door number two. Yeah, but once, once Tatum got hurt, it was – well, that's it the was, thing. That's my I, caveat. Tatum doesn't get hurt. Oh, the prophecy no, comes no, true. No, like who, who like among man. us would disagree? It would have been, been a close. It would have been a closer game if Tatum were healthy. But 
I don't know. I think many are saying that my take was pretty solid. Many are saying it's fine. Yeah, it was wrong, but okay. Hey, keep throwing them takes at the wall. Brady plays for the Raiders this year and starts game one. Um, Bobby Silverman, what uh, what's your pick of the week? You already did your pick of the week. You did air. Do you have another one? Yeah, I, 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 my it was my really hate not pick, pick of the week. week. My hate pick. Don't yeah. watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say again. I go. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna make a very basic and predictable one. Righteous gemstones returning on. Oh, January I cannot 18. wait. Yes. Cannot Steve, wait, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a Steve Zahn sighting. Sighting, and for <laughs> all you Zahn heads out there, Steve Zahn <laughs> as a militia leader. Yes. Religious yes. militia leader. Yes. That's the best and part. the foul. Steve <laughs> Zahn running a militia. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Albert. No, I cannot I've wait. Been, like, I've been on a rewatch of it. Yes. Of Rice's Gemstone. Just rewatch the first episode. Like him running over that dude and just. And <laughs> like, I, I like tears in my eyes laughing so hard. Tony just, Caballero unappro- no, has not gotten enough shine for his role as Keith. I yeah, he is tremendous. And unfortunately, he did not have a lot to do aside be, aside from being locked in a cage <laughs> in season two. Well, but, but, but that was... to be fair, to be fair, there were a lot of things where basically it was just like, <laughs> man. It's, it's like, so okay, cool. we don't know what to do with Keith. Okay, uh, do we have a bespoke <laughs> hut on the compound? Well, yeah, but, put him in there. My favorite part about it was when all like the, when the God Squad or AK, when John Goodman said, you muscular boys. Uh, <laughs> he was saying that. And I was just like, I'm just waiting for the God Squad to con- to completely torture Keith. And guess what? I was not disappointed. I think I think we also get uh I, I don't know if it's her, I haven't checked on MDB, but I think Kristen Johnston makes it. Yeah. I, hmm. I, I, I think I think that's who I think was. that's her. She shows up for a second. Yeah, in the preview, like, apparently think. they have like a pretty good roster of. Is that Shea Wiggum? Is, is Shea Wiggum in this also? I felt I like I saw so. Shea Wiggum. Yeah, but you know what? There, the are, some, about there are some quality character actors flexing yes. their comedic chops in this, and again, Steve's on. There you go. Always. Um, Andrew, your pick of the week. Squeeze play ESPN plus mm. friends. If you want us, if you just want to keep a, ch- a a sport on the entire day, which you can do, watch, that's a, that's allowed. Mm. Would it watch squeeze play on ESPN plus because it showcases the insanity. One, the insanity of college baseball Two, there is sports drama that's involved with this that is just you don't have any stakes but at the same time you're just sitting there going oh god what is going to happen and then there's like a sensory overload feeling that you're teased with at points when there's six games going on all at the same time and you're watching all of this so one reason i have the red bull um, is it's but it's very it's very well produced because I think you can watch a sport, you can watch a sporting event, you can do whatever, but if it's not produced well, if it's not put together well, it takes away from the actual moments that happen. And Squeeze Play does a great job. I think they're doing it this week and next week. So 
uh, keep an eye on it. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, that's my pick. Um, one second. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm talking to Jamie in the control room here. And I have been informed that, yes, Kristen Johnson and Shea Wiggum are both in Righteous Gemstone Season 3. So There you go. Thank you, Jamie, for that. So, um, Two picks, quick. Uh, Red to Roost. Uh, shout out to old friend over there at Knicker Blogger, uh, Jim Cabin, and uh, the great organization there. Love this shirt and uh, love the owl and uh, everything that that organization is. So check them out, Red uh, Roost uh, Sanctuary for Cancer Families. Um, it's great. Um, also, you hurt my feelings. Saw that last week with Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, last week uh, with my wife, and it's just top-notch. Like, I would watch anything. What's um, it about? Say it again? What's it, what's it about? Uh, it's about... It's a very, very uh, simple, and I don't mean that in a negative way, premise, where um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is a writer and professor at the New School, and uh, her husband is a marriage counselor and or a marriage therapist, and... Couples therapist. Couples therapist, yeah. Yes. Um, and he she catches him not enjoying uh, her manuscripts, multiple drafts, reading through her drafts of her latest book and mm. is just completely destroyed by how he actually feels about the book. And then the whole premise is like, Hey, what do you, are people really, when they say I like it or they're your spouse, the person that you trust the most to, isn't actually giving you genuine feedback about mm. something so personal. How does That's that affect? Very, how do you come uh, back from that? It's that unbelievable. Is- a serious right. take from Chase Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Where can I find that? Uh, it's in the movie theaters. Like, I'm a oh, regal limited theater. guy. I didn't know yeah. it was streaming or... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just came out a few weeks ago. But mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it. It is fabulous writing. Uh, the guy from Succession's in it as the brother-in-law, and he's top-notch as an actor in the Jerry movie. Sean? Yeah. No, Matt, it's the dude Matt, who... Michael Mc, Matthew McFadden? No, it's the why am I blanking on his name? The one who's right there with Jeremy Strong, um, all early on with the. Oh, what is his name? What is his name? This is it one of the brothers? Can, no, can, he's can, not one of the brothers. Can, he's can, uh, can, can I can I have oh, Arian Moad? Oh, oh yeah, oh, Stewie. Yeah. Yes, Stewie. Yeah. That was it. Okay. It never sounds like Stewie. It never sounds right when I'm like looking. Stewie like, Hassani, the one character to come out of this. Can I have a quick succession take? Yes, um, I love the ending, and the ending yeah, was ending. hilarious. Yes, it was basically, yeah, you're gonna bend the effing knee. Yes, and that's yeah. all. I, I'm they ending. sucked the landing. They, they did. did. They absolutely they did. did. Um, we can. Also, we're, let's not delve into succession talk full bore because I got too many takes about that. But yeah. yeah. Also, as you I might thought, expect. I Let's let's just say I thought Kendall was good. Like he's basically teased a uh, Harry Carey for an entire he, he, series. Did you see the interview? He said he wanted to go in the water. The actor Jeremy Strong wanted to go in the water, and it looked for a second in one take like I he was going to do it. Yes, that was good acting. The car- the, car- the yes, it's better that they didn't have him do that. But the guy who played Colin, his butler manservant, yeah, evidently had to be like, no, you're not doing that now. But excellent, perfect, great. Oh, also, also perfect. The, the the look that Kendall had at the end was basically me watching the last quarter and a half of the Celtics. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they, they did super. Well, there were a few Photoshop. Oh, when I saw him, I was like, standards. I can't even be mad because that was the look on my face. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Well, Bobby Silverman, 
Andrew Hammond. Thank you as always, my friend. And friends, thank you as always, my friends. And I will talk to y'all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.